0: On today's episode of Locked On Lightning, what in the world is happening with the Tampa Bay Lightning? Once again, dropping another game last night in Buffalo, 5-1 to still a team that I'm not completely sure is good. We'll get into all that and more in today's episode. But first, please like and subscribe to this podcast. Follow us wherever you get your podcast. I mean, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, wherever. And make sure to turn on those notifications once you do. So once the episodes drop, you get that notification as well. So go ahead and follow us on social media as well at LO underscore lightning on Twitter, as well as locked on underscore lightning on Instagram. And just a reminder that today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So without further ado, let's play that music. I'm your host Adam Tanker. What's up everybody? Happy Tuesday. Not a not so happy Tuesday just because the lightning are once again we we were talking again once again on this show about the Tampa Bay lightning losing Another game, which it's already tiring at this point. I mean, we're six games into the season. Tampa Bay Lightning have not gotten off to a good start. the Start that we all know that they are capable of. Uh, and and right now, you know, I, I'm not here to spell the end or or be doomy and gloomy with my how the team looks thus far. Mind you, we're also very early on in the season. But if the season were to end today, Tampa would not be in playoff contention. So, yeah, when we previewed the season in the first couple of games, we, we did say... I did say that, yes, this team is not going to contend for... I'd be kind of shocked, especially now with Coach off the table, that this team uh, is not going to contend for the divisional crown, which is fine. I'm completely fine with that. I think they're fine with that as well. And I think the plan all along was just to get into the playoffs and, and just see what happens from there and we've seen what, what that attitude the last couple of years and I think they've had that as well because they did have that attitude a couple of years ago right before COVID hit where this team was I want to say maybe 10 points behind Boston in the Atlantic heading into mid-March and it seemed like they were starting to take their, their foot off the gas and trying to get that number one spot in the division and You know, now that decision this year might be out of their hands uh, uh, right now. Uh, So, yeah, not a good start to this season, but it is what it is. We're not going to get too crazy over it. As long as they turn it around and make the playoffs, I think we're all going to look at this as kind of a learning experience. Well, you know, right now this is a learning experience just because, I mean, uh, this team just looks all out of sorts on the offensive side of things. Um, we'll get into that. But really, just some some, uh, some notes about the game. First off, first start of the season for Brian Elliott. We've been looking for... We've been kind of waiting to see when John Cooper would throw him in. And, and I kind of hit the nail on the head the other, the other day about how I firmly believe that this back-to-back between Buffalo and Pittsburgh probably would have been the best uh, opportunity for Brian Elliott to get his first start. Especially against a team like Buffalo, who... Are we sure that they're still a good team? I mean, yes, they've, they've played some pretty good games. And, and I'll admit it that in this game against Tampa, they really held their own. They really went out there and competed and played hard and, and really stifled Tampa. At the same time, the Lightning are also going through a little bit of a, of a identity crisis right now they're not this high octane offensive team that we're really accustomed to seeing and have seen over the last couple of years. Uh, part of that has to do with Nikita Kucherov as being out for an extended period of time as well as just some new faces coming into the fold and you know we we've been saying it already that how you know it's going to take time, you know, you could only do so much in the preseason um, to get on the same chemistry as your teammates when you go into a new arena or a new team and we saw that when you know blake coleman came in a couple of years ago it took him a little while to get things going and and you know he got lucky with with covid kind of pausing everything and and allowing the lightning to pretty much have an extended practice or preseason uh heading into the into the stanley cup playoffs another footnote obviously is uh alex alex Berboulay. Back, which I called, I absolutely nailed that. And if anyone wants to doubt me, go ahead. About I want to say two episodes back, I I've been saying that since he went to the Kraken. That I felt from the very beginning that somehow there was going to be a reunion in the works. Whether it was this, I I think it was going to be through waiver. I didn't see the Lightning making a trade just because they put him on waivers. For the sole purpose of getting some money off the books and hopefully he would slip through the cracks and they could have sent him back to Syracuse but I mean the way this kid has played in the AHL and and just how he's he's played thus far in his very very young NHL career I think has turned a lot of heads even if it hasn't produced a lot of points or goals he still has done a lot of the good things and we make a big deal here about the good things on on Locked On Lightning about you know how the, the the little things. Listen, the little things are a lot better than going out there and score sixty goals. I mean, yeah, ideally you want to have a guy score sixty goals, but if if you know you have to have a happy medium between absolutely doing nothing and doing sixty goals, you got to, you want to have a guy consistently do the little things because that turns into a lot of other uh, uh, productivity for your for your teammates and the guys on the ice with him, and then not so big story uh, from this game. Patrick Maroon was scratched, but kind of a big story for him and his family. Uh, he uh, welcomed the daughter, uh, the birth of his daughter, so congratulations to him. So, you know, it would have been nice to have Maroon kind of in the game as a little bit more of a physical presence. I didn't really see anybody step up and kind of be that 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 ragtag kind of uh, goon out there, which is fine. I mean, it would have been nice to kind of see a response from the team has kind of been a little bit more effective a little bit more physical. We didn't see a lot of hits out there. I believe Tampa only had 17 hits, so really not throwing around the body a lot out there, just kind of going for the finesse game, which we saw. Uh, I I stated on the last episode that the Tampa Bay Lightning need need to change it up. They need to change up the way they do things right now. Until they get the ball rolling, they need to have more set pieces in the offensive zone, and we didn't see that for the most part. We saw that later on in the game. And that goes into my pros when I talk about the takeaways from this game later on in the episode. But really, didn't see a lot of that. Really, you know, Buffalo did a good job trying to turn it into a track race for the most part, as well as playing a lot of defense. Uh, Buffalo played defense very well, most notably in the second period. In the second, and, and one of the things that Buffalo did very well was that they they just waited Tampa out. They they knew coming into this game that Tampa didn't have their mojo and that they didn't need to do too much other than just play defense. And, and really, you could see it throughout this entire game, three shots in the second period, which is usually a, a recipe for disaster, but, you yeah, Buffalo played well and they had a great goalie. Well, I wouldn't say great, a great performance from, from Craig Anderson and that. So we'll talk about all that and more. Um, real soon. But first, let's talk about one of today's sponsors, actually two of today's sponsors, one of which is BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag is back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props and odds and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball, football, and most importantly, hockey action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile dev- website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive the bonus. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. And let's talk about another one of today's sponsors and that's DirectTV.stream, DirectTV.stream is the easiest and simplest way to watch all your TV together. Today, let me tell you about it. To get all the entertainment you love without the hassle, directtv.stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you could watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And what's the best part? There's no annual contract. Gotta love it. Gotta love the new annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with directtv.stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. All right, so let's talk a little bit. Well, not a little bit. We're going to talk in length uh, about what happened in some of these periods. So just from the first, uh, once again, the Lightning just failing to get on the board first. Uh, This is the sixth time this year in as many games that they have failed to, to score the first goal. We've talked about it in almost to exhaustion about how good of a team the lightning are and how really that kick starts their offense when they are the first to score so we're gonna have to wait another another game unfortunately uh in tonight's game against pittsburgh for the lightning to really hopefully get things going first off in the first period but the good news was that is that they scored In the first period for the first time all year and they were actually the last nhl team to do so this season so that's you know that's that's good um (laughs) it 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 doesn't hurt so they tied things up uh which is good um but on the goal by buffalo i just want to talk about that a little bit victor olofsson that's on a rebound on the rush uh looked like elliot thought he had it and that's just really just Not, you know, that's just been the story for the Lightning all season. The puck not bouncing their way. They had a couple of lucky bounces in that Detroit game, but for the most part, it's just things have not been going their way. The Lightning have not really looked that much in sync and it's really you've really seen it on the offensive side of things as well as on the defensive side of things in some respects. Only only their PK has really really been consistent this year and that's really something that's for the most part kind of kept them in games even though if you look at the scores uh, from all these results it's really really doesn't see it you don't really see it in the numbers but uh at, but the thing about Tampa that I liked was that they were being active and they were going at the Sabres. And they once again had a lot of chances early on even in the second period as well. And unfortunately, Tampa couldn't capitalize on those chances, weren't able to finish. And you saw it uh, during the Klorn goal. Best chance of the period was right before he scored. Uh, Joseph giving it to Klorn with a backdoor backdoor chance, and he missed it, flat out missed it. But he eventually buried the rebound uh, and on the following chance in uh, a couple of seconds later, and that tied the game up. So in the second period, which which is weird. Like I I, I kind of spoke a little bit about Tampa in the second period as well as Buffalo in the second period. But in the first period, after during the during the intermission, you kind of got the sense that okay, this is the period where Tampa really gets it together. This is where they jump on Buffalo. Maybe two quick goals to start it off. And you, you really saw it from the shots on goal in the first period, 14 to nine. Tampa was absolutely dominating. And even in the second period, if you looked at everything from this game, other than faceoffs and and uh, the, the goals that were actually scored, you would have thought Tampa won this game. 11 to what th- they they led in shots in the second period, 11 to three. Like I stated at the top of the show, usually three shots in a period is a recipe for disaster, but. Once again, the trend keeps continuing, and that's the Lightning just cannot bury the chances. They cannot finish. and But you also got to give credit to the Sabres. Sabres played absolutely incredible defense, especially in the second period, and that's what really, I think, swayed things in their favor going into the third. Tampa, I wouldn't say was really... I wouldn't say that they were tired because they came out in the third with a lot of energy, but at the same time, I think that... The momentum that they were starting to to build regardless if, if they were scoring or not because that, you know, at, at a certain point in the game with Tampa having all these chances and, and really failing, you still felt like momentum was on their side that eventually something had to give and that they were going to get a good goal out of it, another goal out of it, maybe another two or three, but that wasn't the, the story uh, and a large part of the Sabres uh, success in this game had to do with Craig Anderson and that uh, like I stated, Craig Anderson, 41 years old, and is, I believe, his 19th year in the NHL. Um, you know, he's been around the mill, most notably with Ottawa during their deep playoff run a couple of years back. Still showing that he has a little bit left in the tank. Uh, he kept coming up with incredible saves and you gotta tip your cap to him i mean he he did everything right his positioning was great it helps that he's a very good very big goaltender so you know when you're shooting on him initially you don't really have a lot of space that you could work with uh, in the crease, but at the same time, you know, he still has to make the saves. And he made a lot of good saves, a lot of good glove saves. 35 saves with a handful of very good saves, like I said. So, uh, tip of the cap to him. We're on the other side of the ice. Brian Elliott stopped 20 of 23, made a few clutch saves that kept Tampa in it, but. That was all for naught because Tampa could not score any more goals for the rest of the game. And it's it's weird coming on the show and, and talking about how Tampa is the one that's just getting sort of blown out of the barn. Yeah, they lost 5-1, but two of those goals happen to be empty netters. But which I've spoken at length about how I don't believe that uh, not just Coach Cooper, just in general. Well, especially with Tampa Bay Lightning, because I still believe in the talent that they have on this team, especially if Vasilevsky's on the ice. You know, if he's having an off night. I, I still believe that this is the kind of Tampa Bay Lightning team that it just takes one to get them going. So if they got another in the second, I firmly believe that they could have gotten the ball rolling. And, you know, if they could have tied it up in the second, I mean, if you could just could have went into the third period with a tie with an even game, I think that the, the spirits in the locker room coming out in the third period out of the second intermission would have been a lot higher. Uh, the mo- The energy would have been a lot higher. I think that you would have seen. Then again, you wouldn't have seen Tampa Uh, Come out with a lot of offensive sets. You would have normally. You probably would have seen a lot more fast, uh, fast break uh, on the rush sequences. Which, yes, that's their bread and butter. They're the fastest team in the league. Uh, But teams are starting to adapt. They're starting to to play a lot tougher and a lot better in the neutral zone, and that really stalls the Lightning's. Rushes and momentum going into the across the blue line into the offensive zone. Uh, the Sabres just waited for the just waited the bolts out in this, too. They, they didn't do a lot if you think about it. On the stat sheet, it showed, like I said, three shots in the second period, not a lot of activity really around Brian Elliott, and that's maybe what hurt him as well. You know, it's some goaltenders we see it with Vasilevsky. If you get to him early on, um, and don't allow him to get in a groove then you'll have a good game against Vasilevsky. With backup with backup goaltenders, and we saw it with Kurt McElhinney, uh the last couple of years, two years ago during the 2019-2020 season, McElhinney was one of those guys that you kind of almost wanted him to get peppered with shots because once he gets into a groove, uh, you see why he was a starter at one point in his career. And the, and the same goes with Brian Elliott, I think. I think Brian Elliott, you'll see as... As time goes on throughout the season that Brian Elliott is a better goaltender when he faces a lot more shots. Really didn't really didn't see a lot only 23. That's not a lot, especially for a guy who's probably going to play maybe 20 games this year, Uh, especially with the way the offense is playing right now. You really maybe just want to try and just dominate the puck as much as possible. I mean, there's a lot of things the Lightning could be doing better. Uh, at the same time, Brian Elliott, there was I, I can't fault him on any of the on, on any of the goals. A lot of them took weird bounces, especially that first one. So can't really fault him. I'm sure he's going to get better as this season goes along. Um, as for what the Sabers once again with them capitalizing on their chances just waiting for their chance uh, one most notably was the Chernak whiffing on the shot at the blue line and just Kajula just taking it down the other end and scoring to take a 2-1 lead in the second period and bring giving uh, Buffalo a lead going into the third period um, Buffalo would go on to score three more two of which were empty nets so can't really you know you look at 5-1 that looks really ugly but in reality it was 3-1 so you know, overall could have been a lot worse. Uh, still still not 100% sold, sold on, on the Buffalo Sabres. I still think that the way they're playing, unless everyone in the NHL, because I'm not the only one that feels that way. I feel a lot of people in the NHL, even some Sabre fans, believe that this team is playing way above their talent level. Um, And this is not something that's going to be sustainable over the course of an 82 game season. So uh, we'll just have to see what kind of team Buffalo is going into. Probably I would say December is probably a good benchmark. I think by the end of November, early December is where we'll see a lot of the teams that are really, really good performing to their expectations. And a lot of the bad teams that you'd expect to be bad are kind of where you'd expect them to be. So we'll check in with Buffalo around then because still them being second in the division is kind of a scary thing where Tampa early on is not even in the playoff race. But like I said, six games, really not a big deal. But at the same time, starting to get a little concerning uh, with this team. You definitely want to get them off to a good start, especially with some big time opponents coming on uh, in the near future on the schedule. Um, The other thing that I that really stood out to me. And, and I know I, I kind of go back and forth with this sentiment and sometimes in certain situations, stats aren't really, they, they really don't tell the whole story where in certain situations they do. And in this In, in this the stat sheet, uh, it was weird. And it's been like that over the last couple of games where Tampa for the most part has dominated, but it hasn't translated to wins. And I'll talk about a little bit about that at the end of the show as I wrap this up. But actually, I could talk about it right now. So really, at the end of the day, uh, there's a l- probably a handful of concerning things that stick out to me on this stat sheet. And one of them is the poor performance in the faceoff circle, 45 uh, percent for the game. That's just they got to do better. You got to have better performances from guys like Sorelli and Stamkos and uh, company going down the line. Guys got to be better in the face-off circle. Uh, one of the empty netters was off a face-off loss. And yeah, I mean, that was a 200-foot empty netter. But still, uh, guys got to play better. Guys got to got to win those face-offs. And because you see, when you when you perform well in the face-off circle, you win games. That's how you get your guys going, especially if you're in your own zone. Another thing that was very concerning that has just been concerning for a while now, uh, poor performance on the penalty, on the power play. 0 for two in this game, 0 for six in the last game against the abs. Uh I didn't really get a chance to say it on the last show, but I'll say it here. For oh for that 0 for six against Colorado, especially against a team like that, you got to take advantage of the of of the advantage. You got to take advantage, and I know that's a little redundant, but you got to cap. All right, you got to capitalize on the advantage because I mean you get six chances out there, and you don't capital. You, you don't. You don't score once. As you can tell, I'm kind of at a loss for words. Uh, and then, especially against this team, who I still think the Lightning are heads and shoulders better than this Buffalo Sabres team. And it, and it's kind of embarrassing. And I'm sure the guys on this team are a little embarrassed because you would think that this would be the game if not after Colorado, where if you win, if you win against Colorado, which was a game that could have swung either way because those two teams are struggling early on and... You know they they are similar in the way they're built. You would have figured if you would have came out with a win against Colorado, and then you go up to Buffalo, and I mean, come on, let's face it. Like I said, Buffalo, I don't. I, I think they're they're posers right now. I think to what it, what it comes down to, and I think like I said, in late November, early December, we'll see the real Buffalo Sabers. As, as for right now, there's there's a lot of potential. You can see young players playing very well, and that's exciting. But at the cost of uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, um, cut it out. <laughs> and then the last thing that really stuck out to me that was very concerning uh, in terms of the cons from this game, and that's seven turnovers, two resulted in goals. That, they need to cut that out. I understand one of them was on the Chernak whiffing at the, at the line. That's just... Guys, trying to do too much, trying to be too fine with the puck, gotta be better, gotta be better. It doesn't, you can't give a team like this chances to stay in the game. I kind, of, I kind of spoke about it in length last season about how Tampa plays down to the teams that they play. If you play against a bad team, Tampa makes them look like one of the best teams in the league. Where then, you know, they played a very good game against Colorado, one of the best teams in the league. And then you come out in Buffalo, and 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 you, for the most part, yeah. Like I said before, it was would have been a three-one game if you minus the empty netters. But still, uh, this isn't this isn't the Tampa Bay Lightning team that we have all come to know and love. Uh, so yeah, but a pro to take away from this game, and I spoke about it on the last episode, is the D-men getting involved on the offensive side of things. Uh, they were more active in this game. You saw it on the the McDonough goal. Well, it was they credit it to Kalorn, but I because they changed it back. The Clorin goal was originally credit to McDonough. Well, it was credit to Kalorn, and then it was they gave it to McDonough, and then they changed it back supposedly. So, uh, but yeah, the the D men, the D core as a whole contributed 18 shots of the 36 that the Lightning threw up. So. That's nice to see. Hedman only had one shot. Would love to see him get more on the board. Uh, He's fully healthy this year, so I fully think that he's going to be in the 70, 75 point mark this season. Maybe 80, depending on what the team needs him to do. If he could get on a little roll, I think McDonough will be in the 50s terms of points because mcdonough is always involved in the offensive sequences there and and, and a lot of the scoring plays so and and i wouldn't be saying this if i didn't believe that the defensive core could score goals i mean we saw it in the playoffs sergachev Hedman, mcdonough at times as well and even chernak could go out there and score goals and and even guys that like were scratched uh last night like um cal foote I think Cal Foot has one of the best slap shots from the blue line on this team. It's just that, you know, where you fit him in. Uh, John Ruta, you'll see him net a few goals here and there. The problem with him has just been his ability to stay healthy, so if you get John Ruta going, because listen, a lot of people might put a lot of stock into the D-core scoring goals and putting up points, but at the end of the day, when you have your D-men going, and you're missing your top scorer, Nikita Kucherov, for an unpredetermined amount of time, that opens things up for guys like Braden Point, Steven Stamkos, who's having a miraculous start to the year. Alexander Baraboulet, who I firmly believe is gonna play a huge part in the offensive production going forward, who I am beyond joy that he is back with this team. And Alex Kalorn, another one, I think that he needs to get more involved. And, and I spoke on the last episode, Corey Perry, he's always around the net. So if you have your D-men shooting shots at the net, you got a guy like Corey Perry, who is a grizzled veteran, who knows exactly what, how to do things around the net and how to handle himself, all the tricks. Um, Guy like that could get going. I stated in the preseason that I really thought he was going to score 25 goals, and I still believe that. So the pieces are there. It's just about getting things going, getting the train moving in the right direction. And I think that they could do that tonight. All it takes is one win. We've seen it before. So tonight against Pittsburgh, there's talk that Sidney Crosby might play. Not sure, we'll have to wait and see. But in the meantime, Buffalo, uh, excuse me. uh, Tampa goes into this game with a record of 2-3-1, and one, sitting at, on the fifth spot in the Atlantic Division with five points. Uh, still waiting for that first regulation win. And I think that's the key to get them going. You win the game in regulation tonight, you set yourself up in a pretty good spot going forward. So definitely check out for that going forward. Uh, we'll talk about that more. Uh, especially with the Pittsburgh game, looking at the schedule going ahead in just a little bit. But first, let's talk about our last sponsor in the day, and that is rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry, You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts for a chain store or a car dealership? rockauto.com is a family business serving the do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer go explore their easy to use website today find the solution for your auto part needs go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com all right, and right we're back here to finish things up on the show so tampa is facing pittsburgh for the second time this month in pittsburgh seven o'clock start tonight There is talk, like I stated before the break, that the possibility of seeing Sidney Crosby in this game, I don't know how realistic that is. He has been with the team on the road as well as at home. Um, I read a report the other day that he did skate. I don't know to what extent, how involved he was in the practice. But like I stated before, you win tonight, you set yourself up for for a pretty good role uh, ahead of you. You got Arizona on Thursday at home and then you got Washington the following Monday and then you have a pretty tough uh, series uh, on the road in Canada you got Toronto, Ottawa and then you're back home the, the second week of uh, November against Carolina and Florida so listen Lightning could get themselves going you get a couple of tough wins by mid November by Thanksgiving we'll be talking about this team being in first place simple as that simple is that so I firmly believe that Vasilevsky is going to play tonight I would kind of almost be shocked you know you don't want to overexpose Brian Elliott too much uh, too quickly I wouldn't be surprised if we see him maybe in that Ottawa game later on or even in Arizona, even against the Arizona game. So we'll have to see how John Cooper really manages his spots with the backup, where he really chooses to put Vasilevsky and how long he chooses to ride him for. Because like I stated, Cooper's not going to ride Vazzy like you normally see. Then again, I fully expect him to get 60 starts. So I guess maybe 65, 70 would be in the cards in a normal year for Vasilevsky. But... You know, with the Olympics this year, with the last couple of seasons, this team is fatigued. This team is tired, but they're still talented enough to weather the storm and uh, get back to playing winning hockey. So, uh once again, go ahead and like and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, I, from the bottom of my heart, to all of our listeners, I want to thank all of y'all once again just for sticking with us through COVID, through two championships. Uh, it hasn't been easy, but we've we've brought you great content, and we hope that you join us tomorrow, which we know you will because you are the greatest listeners and fans uh, out of all the teams. Because I know it. I look at the numbers. I see how you guys are, especially overseas. Uh, all my uh, European. And uh, I guess Australian, because we have quite a bit of people in Australia uh, that are listeners. But yeah, European, Canada, uh, the North American people. Thank you all, and uh, yeah, can't wait to talk to you. Hopefully by next week, when uh, we'll be talking about Tampa is back to normal. Uh, I I firmly believe them. Firmly believe that they'll win tonight. I think it's gonna be a tough game. I could see them winning three two, four two empty netter at the end uh but we'll be back tomorrow and follow us on our social media pages again lo underscore lightning on twitter as well as locked on underscore lightning on instagram so that's been it for today's episode of locked on lightning part of locked on podcast network i'm your host adam banker i'll talk to you in the next one